So I, I, I stand up and I, I don't know what I said, but he looks at me and he goes, he goes, how much? And I, I remember asking him, I said, how much what? He goes, how much do you need to start this business? From Grindstone, this is Nebraska Made, a narrative journey through the lives of Nebraska's most inspiring business leaders. We unpack the intimate details of how our guests navigated obstacles and built their companies in pursuit of the good life. I'm JT Martin, and today we hear from Keith Fix, the founder and CEO of one of Omaha's most promising tech startups, Retail Aware. Our guest today, Keith Fix, comes across as an easygoing, laid-back younger man. Yeah, my name is Keith Fix, founder and CEO of Retail Aware. But his resume has some serious weight to it. You see, before the age of 30, he's won pitch competitions, the Peter Kewitt Entrepreneurial Award, and he's already successfully exited his very first company. He's currently developing his next company called Retail Aware. It's using some pretty futuristic technology to predict shopper behavior in physical stores. The company has a ton of buzz this year, and it's all happening right here in Nebraska. I was born in uh, I was born in Norfolk, Nebraska. So I am I'm Nebraska through and through. I think I've always had a uh, an ambition. I um, I think uh, when my mom did her MBA, gosh, I think I was like in fourth, third, fourth grade. Um, I used to steal her books, and I remember reading about you know uh, Coca Cola, how it became Coca Cola, and brands, and um, you know, and and this was me as a kid, and I I, I loved that stuff. When I got my first job, I went to, you know, I went to Goodwill and bought a suit, and I printed out my resume, which at that point had Panera and websites. <laughs> yeah, and it's and so you know I printed out my 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 uh, resume and just said, you know, and walked into this building and that said now hiring, and I said, can I get a job? I remember. Uh, Carrie was the hiring manager. I remember her looking at me and looking, she's like, you know, I don't think she could ask how old I was, but she, okay. she definitely was like, you know, I interview people twice your age all day long. And you know what? How would you like a job? <laughs> like taking, I think it was, uh, it was $9 and 50 cents an hour plus 50 cents per credit card application. Um, you know, that was good money back then. That was, I mean, I was making five bucks at Panera. <laughs> You were just really into business at an early age. I mean, what? Why do you think that you were so sort of driven? Like, what was it that you saw? Was it that your mom got her MBA? Yeah, I mean, it, it, here's the thing. We went. I, I lived pretty comfortable, like pretty decent, you know, middle class um, life. And then, you know, midway going into middle school, my parents separated, um, and uh, and you know, my mom and I ended up in a in a shelter. Um, for for a for a bit and so going you know uh going from having you know being fine to like having i think i had one shoe in my backpack <laughs> um it ch changed every you know changed my life um and i think that's one of the biggest things too is that um you know i i had to work i had to come up with ways to figure out how to make money. Um, I, I like to believe everything happens for a reason, right? And, um, you know, and, and so I, I knew at a very young age that I wanted to do something big. I wanted to, 
um, you know, build something bigger than me. And, and at the beginning, it, it really just was about surviving. So Keith develops an appetite for work and attends the University of Nebraska in Omaha, where he eventually earns three different majors in marketing management, entrepreneurship, and IT innovation. And throughout college, he makes a name for himself by relentlessly starting businesses. You know, I started a tech support business. Uh, we, we did really well until we didn't. <laughs> but this was your first That was crack. my first like actual, actual business. I started with a, uh, just a buddy of mine and we, we had this idea of just doing remote tech support. It was fun, I remember, you know, they did a whole, a whole feature on, the, on this idea because I ran the entire business from my iPhone. And that was a, that was a, a new thing then, right? And you did that here in Nebraska too. Mm -hmm, I did. And uh, it failed spectacularly. And it's a good uh, way to fail. Yeah, yeah. Needless to say, I learned that was I learned the hard way that I mean I didn't have a network. I had never done this before. There weren't entrepreneurship, you know, resources, co-working spaces, incubators, accelerators that didn't exist here. You know, I, I also didn't know that you need an accountant, an attorney, and a banker. <laughs> that uh, banks won't give you loans without, um, you know, without without uh, uh, collateral. Also, while I was in school, started a daily deal site. We, we basically kind of copied Groupon, but it was like a Groupon for the university. Um, Actually, I won't admit. I won't admit that we actually did that because there was we actually got a cease and desist from Groupon. Okay, so. scratch that. Scratch. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say we we borrowed the idea of Groupon. If you remember when that was hot, it was the fastest company to get to a billion in history. Um, and so we started this, and we growth hacked our way and like exported our class list <laughs> and emailed all of our class. You know, I owe a lot to. The entrepreneurship uh, director at um, at UNO, Dr. Easley, he was uh, he he had to put out a lot of fires. Literally, at one point, we had university legal involved because of you know we 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 were getting cease and desist letters, and it was it was wild. And so now I, I have this philosophy that you you know you're doing things right when someone wants to sue you. <laughs> but yeah, we grew it. I think uh, over you know a year or so, we had we ended up with forty eight thousand subscribers. We were sending two million emails a um, you know a, a, a semester. We worked with over three hundred local businesses, and the university ended up giving me the Peter Kiewit Entrepreneurial Award. Um, as an undergrad and so like I would walk into the CBA and there's a banner with my name on it <laughs> I'm just like and and um, going in my senior year of college easily told me he said you have to enter the business plan competition um, here at the university you need you just you know do a business plan and enter it <laughs> you have to um, and so you know, I started working on what 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 I called what would eventually become Blabfeed, um, but basically that start it was the idea was just putting screens in waiting rooms, and that was it. And so I actually set up an a, you know, uh, an appointment with my orthodontist, uh, my old orthodontist, to uh, to for a rebrace consult consultation. I'm like, hey, so what do you think about this idea of putting screens in the in the wait room? So um, he became my first blab feed location and so when by the time the business plan competition rolled around i had active locations we had been you know we had made a few bucks and 
at that point, I ended up winning the business plan um, uh, competition. I think it was like, I think we won like five grand, three grand, something like that. And which is a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. College. It's a lot of money, especially like in, in college. So word is starting to get out that Keith is somewhat of a visionary. At this time, he'd taken an internship as a technical writer at Ho-Chunk, Inc., which is the economic development corporation that's owned by the Winnebago tribe of Nebraska. You see, Keith is part Native American, so he'd taken the job at Ho-Chunk to connect with his roots. And it didn't take long for him to get recognized by the executive team there. I think that next week, um, you know, Ho-Chunk COO uh, calls me up, Annette, Annette calls me up, and she said, you got to understand, this company had like, couple thousand employees or something like that. I had just become an intern to like a technical writer. And, you know, she calls me and she's like, hey, Lance, our CEO, read in the paper that you won a business plan competition. He wants you to come up and, you know, he wants you to come up and present it to us. And I mean, what am I going to say? No. <laughs> um, it's my boss's boss's boss. Were you nervous? Um, well, I, I, I thought I was just doing show and tell. So I was just like, okay, I, you know, they probably just want to hear like what it, what it was and what we're working on. And, um, so we get there and we go, they've got a little auditorium in the corporate office. And so the CEO comes in and then he, he invites his CFO and, uh, and then he invites his COO and then they, they, they call in the, the their, you know, essentially their, their marketing folks. And he calls in more people in the office. He's like, Hey, we want, come, come watch this presentation. <laughs> And um, so I, I, I stand up and I, I still remember, you know, the, the you know, standing there and uh, the, the pitch was something along the lines of, so think menu boards. I said, menu boards will be digital. We're going to have digital menu boards. Directories will be digital. Anything that we previously printed, um, there's an opportunity for that to be digital, to be LED. The cost of hardware, software, you know, is, is, is finally at a... Uh, in an in, in injunction point um, that uh, that this can happen. And I don't know what I said, but at the end of the presentation, I remember Lance looks at and, and he, he, he looks at me and he goes, he goes, how much? And I, I remember asking him, I said, how much what? He goes, how much do you need to start this business? And I remember turning to, to Derek and saying, gosh, what, what what sounds like a lot of money <laughs> and so I, I think I, I threw out a number I said gosh you know a hundred grand that sounds like enough to buy a house you know like <laughs> it's like that's a lot of money um, you know uh, lesson learned always know your number <laughs> always Before know how much pitch. your number should be because you just got five grand from this pitch yeah yeah so, so like maybe a hundred grand like that's a lot of money that that goes a long way for um you know for a kid eating ramen and uh, <laughs> i remember him literally just like just laughing <laughs> and um i remember him he turned to he turned to Janet and he turned to Dennis and he turns to me and he goes, and he goes, great. He goes, you're fired. And he goes, Dennis cut him the check. And he said, this will be your life now. And so that was how, you know, we started, um, blab feed, which would evolve into Perfecta media. So Keith's first investor is Ho-Chunk. They were the perfect partner because they owned a chain of convenience stores, which became blab feeds first clients. They installed all of the displays in the stores and they ran ads on them for daily specials and deals, and the technology caught on. 
Over the next four years, Blabfeed grew to 30 employees and was doing over a million in revenue across its 8,000 different client locations. And in 2017, when it was finally acquired, it became the first time that a company from Omaha's startup collaborative had been bought out. And it was a big deal. So we sold the, uh, sold the company in 2017. And um, that's when you know, I, I, I had started obsessing around this problem of, you know, I would have clients come back to me and say, hey, you know, we'd really like to buy more, but we can't really attribute sales to your displays. Or we really, or literally point blank, we don't have the data to understand what's happening at the shelf. And that was kind of what turned me on to this, this uh, big, huge black hole that exists, which was the shelf. So this problem that Keith is obsessing over, now this is a big problem. To put it in perspective, you may know about the online shopping boom over the past two decades. Basically, because online merchants are able to collect more data on shopper behavior online, they can justify their business decisions with hard evidence, making it easier to grow. For example, an e-commerce store knows what ad a customer saw, if they hovered their mouse over it, if they clicked on it, etc. Well, in a physical store, you can't tell if a person has been looking at Blabfeed's digital displays. You couldn't tell how long they hovered around a product, if they picked it up, or if any of their efforts are even working. So Keith set out to try to solve this problem. His solution? Microsensors that capture motion, heat, and light and provide invaluable purchase intent data. We look at things like how many people will walk by a shelf, how many times you pick up product and engage with it, um, how long you dwell. And so we really are, are, are focused on helping our partners understand what's happening uh, in, in, in stores. With Retailware, when we first started, we worked, we kind of moonlit it. Like uh, uh, I kind of talked to my original partner and said, hey, let's, let's talk about the financials for you know, this last year, and I, I'll, I'll remember he'll, he'll, he'll joke about that. He's like, what financials? <laughs> and, you know, and, you know, we had to make the call. I said, okay, we had uh, uh, grant money that we hadn't even touched. I'm like, okay, we've got to, number one, we've got to un unlock that grant money. Uh, number two, we've got to find a paying customer uh, like it's kind of, kind of important. And number three, we, then we'll make the call whether, you know, what we're going to do moving forward. Um, and that was when, you know, I jumped full, you know, I started working, uh, full in and I said, we'll make the determination whether I'm going to go all in or, or not. Um, and so I think we had had some, we had some pilots and we had sensors out there in the world and whatnot, but, um, uh, that was, you know, we, we knocked those, you know, those three things off the list in like 30 days. And, um, you know, the next day I was on a, I was on a plane to go install sensors, you know, and drive across Colorado and install sensors <laughs> in grocery stores. So it was, it was just, everything came, came to, came to a head. It was right around that 2018 time. So, you know, we, we built it for one customer and it met the needs of other brands and it met the needs of our retail partners, you know, and being, being able to do that here, um, 
I think some serendipity is, you know, we had a, a, a really fantastic partner early on that has really big influence in the, in the retail sector and happens to be headquartered in Nebraska. <laughs> and uh, talk about an unfair advantage. Every major retailer buys from them. Who was the corporate that you guys partnered with? Well, we, we like to, uh, very Nebraska style, um, you know, they're very, they, they don't like publicity. Great. The, uh, the, the Buffett mantra, right? Like he still drives his own car, still goes to McDonald's and orders the, sa you know, the sandwich. And they, I think that's the, I, I love that about just the, um, humility, but very astuteness like that, um, that these, that, that, that these folks have. What about starting retail aware here in Nebraska specifically, do you think has helped it to grow? Let me let me start with the challenges first because that's that's one of the biggest things here. Um, there historically has not been an appetite for early stage. We don't invest in moonshots here, um, and so why would something like Retail Aware succeed in Nebraska? Um, well, it's not every day that you get a corporate that you know, you have a corporate partner that believes in a technology company in their own backyard. It's not every day that they even see a company like ours. And so, um, but we have the most untapped network of dollars and of, I would, I would say, um, you know, uh, companies and corporates that are strategic and willing to invest in early stage ideas. And just the communal feel of Nebraska means that there's probably more likelihood to partner with some of these legacy companies, you know, because yeah. everyone wants to help each other. Yeah, that's the one thing about here is that no one wants to see anyone uh, not succeed here. It's so exciting to see what are the next companies that are coming out because we, we are going to see, um, you know, continue to see the next the next company spun out of the, the successes that we've had in our region. And it's exciting, but the momentum takes time, but I'm, I'm very bullish on the future of the, the startup ecosystem. Today, Retail Aware is measuring millions of engagements across 300 different markets. Around 10% of the US population has walked past a sensor, and even in the middle of a global pandemic, they were able to raise a million dollar venture round. Keep a lookout for Retail Aware in the years to come. I'm JT Martin, and this has been a Grindstone production. Grindstone is one of the premier production and marketing firms here in Lincoln, offering everything you need to grow your business in 2021, from video and podcast production to social media management and media buying. You can learn more by visiting grindstoneagency.com. And more, most importantly, I love the team. One, you know, Our head of business development was actually one of our first clients. <laughs> so she jumped ship to come join the dark side, as they, as they say. 